Hello, I'm Brayden. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to another episode of the Board Game Enthusiast. Check us out on Twitter for any news, updates, or just what we've been up to at Enthusiast. On today's episode, we will be discussing Game Rights Forbidden Island, a game based on teamwork and speed, testing even the mightiest adventurers who dare to step on its shores. We also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you taking the time to check us out in our podcast and look forward to creating new content for you all to enjoy. We're also testing out something new in this podcast. If you like what you hear, check out our poll later tonight or Friday to voice your opinion. Without further ado, let's jump into Forbidden Island. Welcome to Forbidden Island, the world's fastest growing vacation spot. Let your stress sink away in the crystal clear waters of our picturesque island. This dream destination hosts many hidden treasures for any visitor. A relaxing day exploring pristine temples, plenty of trails to hike in our forests and gardens, and for those lost in the stars, we even have a state-of-the-art observatory. Come dive into one of the best locales you'll ever see. Don't miss your chance at an amazing island getaway. Get your reservations today. The object of the game is to collect the four different relics and make it to the helipad to escape before you join the island forever by sinking into its watery depths. Getting started, you'll have to lay out 24 location tiles, with the locations such as Breaker's Bridge or the Golden Gate, and the ever-important temples, caves, palaces, and gardens. You'll want these tiles in a sort of diamond shape to form the map, though you can change things up by moving the pieces around after you have the rules learned. Next, each player will draw their cards to decide who they are and what abilities they have. There are six possibilities. Uh, There's explorer, diver, pilot, navigator, engineer, and messenger. After that, it's a matter of placing the four treasures around your diamond shape and getting set up for your difficulty. And once you have that set up, you'll place your individual characters on the respective starting zones. These will be marked by the different gates. You remember us telling you about the golden gate? There's five other ones that will go with what color pawn you go with. Now that you're in the game, here's what you should expect. Several things will begin to happen. First and foremost, the beautiful island you're on, it's going to start sinking beneath your feet. And it's up to you and your team of wayward adventurers to find its treasures and get out before it goes completely under. And if it does happen to go under, you lose the game. Each round, you'll draw six flood cards and flip the tiles accordingly to what they say on the names. And if the tile becomes flooded and it is drawn again, it sinks. Those tiles are unrecoverable. If it's just flooded, you can shore it up and it'll be perfectly fine. But once it goes to sinking level, that tile is removed from the table. You will then spend a very stressful game time trying to bob and weave through sinking tiles, attempting to gain enough artifact cards in order to claim your prize, which is one of the artifacts. You can't leave on that helicopter until you've gotten every single one of the artifacts. So you want to try and work together with your team to get as many of the cards needed as quickly as possible. The thing that makes this difficult, though, is you have to draw four artifacts all together to get one card. You have to be on that temple in order to get that select color of artifact. Now you can only have five treasure or action cards in your hand at one time. So what we found to be helpful was we would have one person that'd be working on one certain one and then we would try and trade cards as we could. But you have to be on the same tile as that player in order to give a card or to get a card. Unless you are a specific character that changes the game. 
like the messenger can trade a card to anybody across the entire island. It doesn't matter where you're at. That was really helpful for our own game. That was the game I was the explorer and you were navigator? Yes, I was the navigator. I was making sure everybody was going where they needed to be. While I was shoring things up as quick as I could, since I, my power was I could shore things up diagonally or move diagonally. Which is a really big help in a game where if you're moving in a straight line and your straight line is no longer there, it frees up more space that you can move. I was also able to clear paths for people so that they could move along as quick as possible. The characters in this game are really important to what you what you choose to do. And it really kind of changes the dynamic of what you have depending on what character builds and combinations you make. So in our game, we had the navigator, messenger, and the explorer. But in other games, you could have a plethora of different combinations with the engineer, the pilot, and the, dr the diver thrown in. I'd like to get a game together where we could play four at once. Sadly, the game can only go up to four players, so we wouldn't be able to see what a full six-man team would be. And that's why choosing your kit going into the game is really crucial, because it could really set you back a couple paces if you don't have the right instance available for that particular scenario. So say if you were playing on a different map variant, the diver might play a much more crucial role in a scenario compared to, say, the engineer or the helicopter pilot. Although your characters will differ in their abilities, they still have three actions that they can perform whether that be handing something off to another character or actually shoring up something or even grabbing an objective. So even if they are different, you still have the ability to do things. Some characters are able to perform a little bit better than others in certain aspects of the field. Well, and the character that you choose, it changes your own play style as you go. You really have to think about, is this what's best for the team whenever you do this? Now, as for replay value, it's the varying water difficulty that breathes life back into this game. You can have the game end right from the beginning, as two of your temples that you need just completely sank. And on higher difficulties, it adds much more suspense when drawing from the flood deck, as more tiles begin to sink. Whenever you're drawing from that flood deck, the higher the difficulty, the more cards you draw. So the average 30-minute time limit can be either faster or even slower than normal, just because of how difficult you have the game set at where drawing too many cards can end the game faster or depends on how, how the deck's actually shuffled. Our first time playing through it, considering our, I'm going to say, on the player's experience with our group, since we were a lower experience, we ended up finishing right as the rest of the island was sinking. We got out in the nick of time. I could see with us having more games under our belt, being able to go through it a lot quicker on that lower difficulty. And knowing what characters work better with others, because we just we just kind of picked the characters that we had and then threw them in there. I'm not going to lie. I picked green because green's my favorite color. It worked out well, though, for our team composition, which in turn made it much more rewarding whenever we accomplished something. It did indeed. The game does really well at building suspense and dread whenever you're drawing from the deck. I agree. It was very lip biting at times, just seeing other players draw cards knowing that there was nothing you could do to change that outcome. And if a water rise be drawn, it, it was just... Chaos. Because you could just feel the difficulty going up. You could feel the hair on the back of your neck standing up. You felt it whenever that was drawn. Knowing that you had to go across the island at an even slower pace. Well, and you remember towards the end of our game, I was kind of in the very bottom corner of the map trying to, like, dodge the tiles that were sinking as I was passing them. By the time I got out of there, there were no tiles left from that corner. 
Yeah, luckily though, we had our tiles on the edge that disappeared first rather than the inside. It, it was lucky and it took a lot of shoring up. Oh, absolutely. Shoring up is a big part of this game and a big strategy on how what you want to get done. Yeah, well, and the problem is, is you take the time shoring up and then you don't get to move properly like you plan to. And then you can't do half of what you wanted to do because you're too busy trying to keep the island from sinking. And if you're too busy keeping the island from sinking, you're not completing the objective and the game gets progressively harder and you're on a ticking clock. The more the tides raise, the harder it gets. Indeed. I'd say one of the major downsides to this game is that there's a lack of expansions for it. Although they do come out with a alternate version to play with Forbidden Desert, you don't really have any other expansions or accessories to add on to this. Well, and being limited by only four players, that can leave some people out of the game. It's not like with Zombicide or with some of the others where we could have up to 9 to 12 players. With this one, it's a little more limiting. I'd say another thing that this game does really well is the art direction it took for its pieces and its tiles. Oh yes, all the pieces are gorgeous for this. Each of the relics is a corresponding color to what element it is. They are made of a sturdy plastic. They actually are quite detailed. Allowing for even painters to go in and spice them up and make them even more interesting later on if they so choose. Are you planning on possibly painting the ones we've got um probably not i've got a backlog of other stuff going on at the moment so i'm gonna let them sit for a good while before i even get to even possibly thinking about that but it's a possibility it's a possibility speaking of painting each of the tiles looks like a painting in and of itself yeah the bronze gate the flame temples anything on the on these tiles looks really good and then they have kind of a grayed out bluish version of it whenever you have them go underwater not that that was a neat little perk that they intru introduced to it, the game it was definitely something and like i said the artwork is gorgeous yeah it looks like you're looking at a painting each time you flip a tile or put one on the table and it, you can form your own little thematic elements to your or own little story for the, how this island existed or anything like that. Now let's jump on to the difficulties that we've had with this game. The game itself is really easy to learn and just has seven pages of rules to keep track. So if anything comes up, you're not scrambling to figure out what one rule is. But my only issue is that the game is how fast you can lose. There's really nothing you can do to stop it. And with your winning or losing being basically tied to the cards, it makes it really difficult to try and achieve a win if you're playing at a higher difficulty. So it kind of goes down to being luck-based. Like you were telling me when we were first playing, a good shuffle of cards can lead you to a great victory or a heartbreaking defeat. Oh, absolutely. Within the first minute or so, you'll know if you're winning or losing. On the bright side, this game was pretty easy to put away once we were done. I think cleanup took maybe two minutes. Yeah, the game really doesn't have a whole lot to put on the table other than tiles, and you can just stack them up together and then put them in the box, and you're good to go. So pack up time and, and putting it on the table doesn't really take a lot of time, and I think it's one of the few games that we've encountered recently that has a really quick play time and a really, really quick pickup time as well. Yeah, I think the last one we've had that has been this easy to clean up has been Zombie Dice. Yeah, and that's just a couple dice. Yeah, that, that's been the pretty easy one. Uh, and a pen and paper if you have one. Oh, yeah. But this one's pretty easy, and they make it really organized so you don't have to worry too much about it. Everything has its own little spot. I'd say another unique feature that we encountered with this game is that you can actually purchase it online and play with other players. 
Yes, but keep in mind that that's only through the App Store, through the uh, iTunes App Store. They haven't quite made it to Google Play yet. But whenever I took a look at some of the features that were available for the online game, there were things such as different maps, though you had to purchase 10 island shapes through a one-time in-app purchase, but you could still play with online or by yourself by controlling multiple explorers. There was still the same beautiful artwork. You could look at everyone's cards. You could look at helicopter views. There was an interactive tutorial and rule book. There were even hints for midway through game in certain situations. I mean, that is a plus that you can actually purchase and play online. So because a lot of times you won't have access to like a table or something dedicated if you're on the move and traveling. So that's a nice little game to play like if you're on vacation. Especially considering how common tablets are these days. Though I am still sad that I can't get it on my own tablet since it's a uh, Android. Yeah, being limited on that particular spectrum does does kind of hamper your sales just a, just a little bit. Yeah, but the app is available through the Apple Store for $4.99. So if you don't want to spend the money on the physical game, if you have an iPad, you can actually play, play the game on the go instead of paying the $11.39 that the game is currently. No wonder this island's reservations were so cheap. Honestly, darling, I didn't think the island was actually sinking. Really, the new swimming spots every day on the brochure didn't tip you off? I mean, yeah, that was kind of fishy when I read it. Or how about the treasure hunting they said in the commercial? Now we're stuck on the island hunting for ancient relics so some guy in a helicopter would come rescue us. I mean, we at least we got all of them, right? All four of them? Wait, there are four? How many of them do you count right now? I will answer that for you. There are three. Only three. Wait, do you hear that? I think it's a helicopter. And look, it's the fourth temple. It's just in sight. Yeah. And what about that lake between us and the relic? I mean, I could go around. Sure, go around, and by that time the rest of the island will be nothing more than ocean. Hey, it's at least it's right next to the helipad. Yes, but that won't even hold for long. Look, the water's already coming up to the edges. Then I guess we'll have to hurry. We have been hurrying across this entire island. Well, here, next time we go on a large vacation, there will be absolutely no water involved. How do you like that? Maybe we'll even go to a desert. Will that make you feel better? Oh, yeah, because vacations work out so well for us. The last place you took us to literally had zombies everywhere. I mean, it's better than having zombies trying to eat us, right? Just be quiet already and let's get this over with. The sooner I'm back in civilization, the sooner I have peace. Will this daring couple survive their trek on the Forbidden Island? Will their marriage succeed? Will she find peace when she gets back to the city? Will they actually take a trip to the desert? How in the world did zombies get involved in this situation? These are all questions that should be answered. Will they? Good question. The answer may surprise you. Yes. Yes. No. Maybe. And why are zombies being involved in this kind of scenario? Thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of The Board Game Enthusiast. Feel free to check us out on our Twitter page at BGameEnthusiast, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep on playing.